is Andrea. And I'm Shane. And this is What Comes Next, a podcast that's not just your typical podcast about the trans experience. It's about what's beyond that. Today we're talking with our friends and allies. About about being an ally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shane, how about you introduce our, our guests? Well, why don't we have our guests introduce themselves? That's a good idea. <laughs> I like that. Much better. Oh, okay. I guess I'll go first. Hi, I'm Mariah. Um, Andrea is my best friend. Sorry, Shane. <laughs> no contest, It's though. cool. It's fine. <laughs> um, I've known Andrea for a long time, probably about eight years, and I've known her before her transition and after, um, which I feel like has really taught me to be an ally. That's about it. Cool. You want like a dating profile on me? Yeah. No, no, that, that's no. Good. We just want your pronouns too. <laughs> yeah. yeah what My are your pronouns? pronouns are she, her. How do you identify? I identify as female. Love it. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. And and you? <laughs> I am Kira, um, and I, well, <laughs> am complete homies with both Andrea and Shane. Um, having known Shane a little bit longer, pre-transition. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty awesome to be able to have an open, transparent conversation and just... Transparent. Oh yeah. my <laughs> And, uh, it's really actually helped me grow as a person. Oh, that's and funny. so I, I thank you guys don't, for that. Don't go too far deep. I've got questions <laughs> Sorry. for you. All right, I'll cut it off. Then. Yeah. What are your pronouns and how do you identify? Uh, I also identify as female. And I am she and her. I am nice. she. <laughs> she. I like that. She is it's like me. I am she-ra. <laughs> All right, cool. So I'm going to ask you guys some questions. Uh, you don't ha- both have to answer or both you can answer. Like, think of this as like a, 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 like a great interview or something, right? That'd be cool. So my first question for you guys isn't necessarily about being an ally or your experience with trans people. But like, when you were a small human... How did you picture yourself at the age you are now? Alone in a New York City apartment with a brick face wall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sipping Pinot Grigio <laughs> yeah. with a cat. Nice. That yeah. was about it. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, <laughs> I think I saw this age as like 60. Like, yeah. I, I don't actually think I knew what this age was going to entail. Um, <laughs> did you have so, like a job in mind or something? Yeah, uh, I wanted to be a police officer. Like, who was really? I? Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> who was I? <laughs> oh my god, that's so surprising. Well, yeah. Like, you knowing know. you now? Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, I'm pretty sure I would have flunked out, but that's cool. Like, yeah, you'd be a really bad police officer, but that's a compliment. <laughs> I feel like I'm also going to be like, yo, I'm just kidding, yo. <laughs> I'll reach you down room four. <laughs> I wanted to be an author. Yeah. Because my second grade teacher, I wrote a story and she was like, you could be an author someday. I'm like, yes, I can. Thank you. <laughs> I've written nothing though, so. <laughs> Love it. Nice. Okay, so we're going to start talking about gender now. <laughs> How have gender norms um, and or roles affected your life? That's very <laughs> deep. That's one of those you have to really think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think at a young age, I felt, uh, I never grew up as a, a dress sort of girl, but that was always like the biggest battle between me and my mom was like conforming to what a typical female is and growing up like I think well we've both (laughs) seen that it doesn't have to be that way 
but that was a struggle for me was I always had the interest of like what my brother wanted to do. I always looked up to him and saw, mm-hmm. you know, he was playing music or in sports and it didn't seem like the girl activity of pastime. It Were was, you I was labeled? supposed to be dolls and oh yeah consistently like a tomboy tomboy. yeah yeah Yeah, me too (laughs) how young were you when you started getting labeled like that was it like oh really yeah absolutely yeah i was Mm -hmm. i was like the baby you found playing in like the one patch of dirt in an entire grass field (laughs) (laughs) i loved it i still love it (laughs) yeah i mean a consistent theme with kira and i is that our moms are the same yeah i also had that same thing with my mom because when i was younger she wanted me to always like like wear like girly stuff and i was like no mom and we fought over it like daily Yep. We were convinced that our, our moms are the same mom, but we mm-hmm. just have like two separate lives yeah. and are lying mm-hmm. to us every yeah. day. Did you ever have a point where you sort of like accepted a part of femininity in your life or you kind of just kept going with that same like, like, this is who I am. I don't need to necessarily change for anybody or. I never really felt a need to change. Mm-hmm. I think the older I got, the more I was able to be comfortable in my own skin. Yeah. But I that was just me being able to walk with that comfort Mm. and being able to put that forward rather than like shoving it back. Yeah, I like that. I think I kind of had a very similar experience because I was very much so that tomboy as well. Uh, I remember in kindergarten like starting off wearing dresses but then like in second grade my parents kind of like gave up on that and realized that I was just going to be happier in a t-shirt and let me live that way. But it was kind of, like, difficult for them because, you know, we're Latinx, as they say. Mm-hmm. And that, like, machismo, like, attitude of, like, men have to be men and women have to be women. And, like, you need to be in a dress and heels and cleaning the house is very prevalent and is very much the way, like, my parents grew up. And they're that way to a point. And then also I started dating this guy who was also Latino and he was very much, like, I want you to be this person who I wasn't. And I was like a really lonely child, so I went along with it for a really long time. And I think once I got out of that relationship, uh, I realized that that wasn't what was going to make me happy. And most of the time you find me, I'll be in like leggings and a t-shirt and that's about it. So I'd say that's how gender roles really like affected me where I felt like I played into his controlling BS because I just felt like he's right in what he's saying about how I should present myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have any questions because that was so beautifully worded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I have a question. Wow, Shane. Wow. What about like today? Because we talked mostly about like growing up. Like today, do you still feel like pressures to conform to like femininity? I think. At some points, like, I feel like there's some things that maybe my parents think I should want that I don't necessarily want for myself. And I think I feel like I'm kind of letting them down. For example, like, I know they would probably want me to be married and, like, pop out a few grandkids for them. But as I said before, that's just never really where I saw myself, even though I feel like that's a lot of the times what society expects you to want. So there's times still now where I feel like oh, maybe I'm letting them down by not going down this path. But at the end of the day, like, I think they rather have me be happy and living my life versus being in like some sort of arrangement that's just making me miserable. Yeah. I, uh, I think as far as conforming to gender norms now, like 
I would consider myself to be what would be the gender norm of feminine more now than I was when I was younger. But I think that's more so just because I was repressing that part of me because I was in a way wanting to feed into like, yeah, I'm a tomboy, so what? So I wanted to like stick it to them. Yeah. That now I'm like, you know, I <laughs> I am who I am every day and I'm just going to be the best version. And yeah. like maybe some days <clears throat> I would fit under what's more gender norm as masculine or some days feminine, but like I am me. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's interesting you said that because that's sort of something that I kind of experienced in a very like, like small, short, like short of time because like for me, as soon as I came out, I was like, okay, I got to prove my femininity. So I was like, you know, dresses and skirts and like all this kind of stuff, like really trying to prove it. And then as like a few years went by, I realized like, you know what? I can still take that like masculine side of me and be comfortable with the fact that I'm still a woman, you know? And I think that's kind of what you were saying where yeah. it's like, I can still be a tomboy, but I can be a tomboy in a dress, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Thank you, guys. Okay, I'm going to keep asking questions. Okay, so have either of you really thought about, like, or have ever had thoughts about, like, your gender or your sexuality? I know you kind of touched on it, so it could be, like, a quick answer if you want. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, no. To be honest, until my exposure and being able to learn with you guys what your process has been, like, that was the first time that I ever kind of thought to myself, like, am I comfortable in the body that I've been born in and I haven't questioned it since. I agree. It's one of those things where it's like I've never had to think about. It just always was like, yeah, this is who I am and this is like fine. Like there is no reason for me to question it because I wasn't really going against any notions of who I was. It was when Andrea started transitioning that I'm like, I can't imagine how that feels at all to just feel like this isn't like I'm not in the right body. Mm-hmm. What about like sexuality? Like, was there any time in your lives where like you kind of questioned yourself at all, like even just a little bit, or even had that question pop up in your head and say like, "Nah, it's not me," kind of thing? Is this because you want to marry me and you're trying to figure <laughs> out if I'm a lesbian? <laughs> I've been trying to marry you for this like oh my God. ever since we we met, honestly. So. No, I've always been straight and I've never really, like, I've never even had, like, that curious streak in me. Hmm. I think I kissed a girl once, but that was mostly for attention as one of those girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all right. We've all done it, right? <laughs> We've all kissed a girl once, right? No? No? I think I've definitely been open to the idea of both men and women. Um, because I feel like we as a human race are meant to experience as much as we can to understand and to gain perspectives. Not that I've ever actually been with anyone other than a man, but I don't know. I don't see the reason to close myself off to anything. I like that. Mm -hmm. It's a good answer. Yeah. Good answer. All right. Well, excuse me. Yeah, no, your answer, your answer was fine. <laughs> it was okay. Yeah. Ziggy supported yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he did. He won't even look at me anymore. <laughs> We're just, like, staring into each other's souls, so... Yeah. He sees you. <laughs> We're talking about my cat right now, everybody. <laughs> okay. So when was the first... So, I mean, I think you guys already talked about it, but the question is, when were you first exposed to trans people? I was exposed before I met Andrea. I just never really thought about it as much because I didn't have any first-hand experience. I watch a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race 
I'm like that straight girl who's like, yes, queen. So um, a lot of like storylines on the show would revolve around someone being like, I'm trans and me performing in drag isn't me like being a man dressed as a woman. Like I feel like I'm a woman. So for me, I was probably exposed since right out of high school. So like 2009, I would say would be my first like time seeing a trans person and like understanding more so what that was. Mm-hmm. Mine would have been having met Shane. I put could have been exposed to trans people before having met you, but I was not brought to my attention, so it was never something that came up as a discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember, like, the only specific instances, which is interesting to me because I feel like there's more trans women represented, not necessarily, like, positively, but more trans women represented in the media, but the specific instances I can remember are like Chaz Bono and also, I don't remember his name, um, I follow him on Instagram now, but the trans man who was pregnant and he was on TV oh, like a while yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and I that was his name as well. Yeah, and that was like a sort of negative because that was just like, I can't it's think like of the taboo word. taboo almost. Yeah, yeah, it was just like people were like, that's so weird, like look at this weird thing that's like, mm-hmm. that this guy is, and I didn't yeah. even realize, I don't think I knew he was trans, yeah. I just knew he was a man that was pregnant, I was like, wow, that's interesting. Um, and then just like negative representations of trans women, but not, yeah. again, specifically, but just like, oh, look at this like, man in a dress, it's so gross, and I was like... Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that was sort of like my first... Uh, exposure for it too was sort of like South Park with like Mm -hmm. Mrs. Garrison you know and like everybody laughed at that stuff you know that was sort of the first time I've ever was experienced to that kind of thing and then it wasn't much later on where I actually saw it in more positive light you know with like Laverne Cox and like Caitlyn Jenner you know Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing which I don't know if Caitlyn Jenner is necessarily a positive thing you know but you get the idea like at, at least it wasn't a terrible thing the reception to her wasn't I wouldn't say it was a transphobic narrative. Like, regardless yeah. of how you feel she is as a person, I feel like when she came out, people were like, oh, she looks good. Yeah. It wasn't the the stereotypical, like, oh, this is a trans person who is just a guy wearing a dress saying, I am a female. You know what I mean? Like, they actually showed somebody, like, at a point in their lives where they feel comfortable to be exposed, you know, and in the public light, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, now that I think of it, I think the first positive representation I saw was... In Orange is the New Black. Hmm. And then I started, like, <clears throat> forcing myself to find positive representation. It's, like, sad that we have to seek out the positivity yeah. in our society. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's very true, though, thinking about it, like what you were saying, I can't think of when I saw, other than Andrea transitioning and just talking about people she was meeting and she was transitioning, I can't really name a point in my life where I can think of, like, a trans guy represented in a positive way other than like after Andrea told me um they had that one guy on drag race and they didn't point out that he was trans Mm -hmm. Laith Ashley I think his name is yeah he's I think controversial sometimes yeah yeah I don't really know much about him I just know that's probably the first time I saw a trans guy on tv but he wasn't pointed out as trans, so unless you knew the guy himself, like, most people, the casual viewer, wouldn't know that he was, like, a trans man on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a question for... Actually, it's not a question. I, I have a, a task for both of you. Describe what it means to be an ally in one sentence. Obviously, the answer can be your personal views on what you think it is. 
one sentence. That's yeah. Tough. I mean, listening, supporting, and just being there for someone when they really need you. It's just, mm-hmm. it's the same as being a friend. Mm-hmm. But it's also knowing when to defend those. This is more than one sentence. No, it's okay. It's, it's knowing when to defend those around you who aren't necessarily there to speak at that moment and being a voice for them at times. Yeah, there's just a lot of commas in that sentence. It's fine. <laughs> Run yeah. on, if we will. <laughs> All right, so I'm not an ally anymore for Andrea, <laughs> just for every other trans person. So it's okay. Fine. What's your run-on sentence? <laughs> wow. <laughs> How many commas did I get? <laughs> I had 10, so you can have 10 too. 10 or less. <laughs> Let's see. What it is to be an ally? Seeking understanding... And just respecting each other. Hmm. Even if you don't live the same life, it doesn't mean you can't be there to support each other. My category. Heck yes, Ziggy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's you did go. get the unfair advantage by ask, answering the question second, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I like those answers. I mean, Mariah sort of answered the next question that we have, but it's how do you distinguish between being an ally versus being a friend? I think being an ally, like I said already in my question that Andrea didn't like, but my (laughs) answer Andrea didn't like, being an ally for me means like I'm going to fight for you. I'm not just going to be your friend and be like, oh, it's okay that that person said that about you. Like, don't listen to them. I'm your friend. I'm going to be like, why would you say that to that person? Mm -hmm. I'm also just naturally confrontational, (laughs) so I 100% as an ally, I see that as something I'm very willing to do. Other people might have a different interpretation, though. That's not everybody. Not everyone's confrontational in that way. For me, they'd be about the same. Uh, one notice, like one thing I have noticed, though, is for friendship. So I, I don't necessarily have to broadcast some things that are happening. It like, hmm, I guess how did I say it? So as an ally, I feel that urge to fight for the injustice. And as a friend, you do as well, but when using the word ally, it's usually speaking towards those that are outcasted in a way. And that's where it really gets under my skin. So I definitely have more of a voice when it Mm -hmm. comes to allies. I also think part of it is not even just defending those who you see as your friends or people who you know and you're close with, Like, I remember there was that lady who, um, she was, I think she was a transgender, like, male to female, and she, like, got mad at a GameStop or something, Mm -hmm. and there was that video, and I just remember, like, I don't want to say the word, because it makes me mad. People I knew were using, like, slurs against her, essentially, and being like, oh, these are memes, these are funny, and I'm just like, no, that's not funny. That's the equivalent of using a racial slur. And I will not have you say that in my presence. So it's not only standing up for those who you know, it's about standing up for the community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Retweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like the difference between being a friend and an ally is like, if you're someone's friend, you can feel the injustice on their behalf, but not necessarily do anything. I feel like you both actively do things to to help like not just your friends but like help appearance of trans people in general like when you're defending trans people to other cis people 
trans people can say as much as they want, but cis people, you know, I mean, it's not, this isn't a good thing, but cis people are probably more apt to listen to other cis people than they are trans people. Yeah. Especially if they don't know trans people themselves. Yeah. I mean, the reason why we wanted to do this podcast was because we knew that you two were good at this. Mm -hmm. It's not because you're our friends specifically. Like, that's sort of like a secondary thing. Well, I would also say, like, I I would like to thank both of you for, like, giving me the opportunity to ask the questions that I feel like many people do have that they don't feel comfortable asking or don't have, like, a phenomenal resource like you guys to be able to ask those questions and have those conversations. Now, I don't know if you read my question, but my next question is, what drove you to do your own research? Well, I feel like Andrea talks enough that I don't really need to do any wow. research. Because <laughs> she, girl, homegirl, went on and on and on when she was first transitioning. So I was just excited. She and you would actually listen. <laughs> I would. I, I, I learned a lot from her. But it's also, like, people would ask me questions because they knew I was, like, best friends with you. So they would ask me questions like I was some authority, which I'm not like I'm just learning every day like everyone else. But that kind of drove me to be like, OK, like they had the question and I didn't have the answer for it. So maybe I'll do a Google search or I'll talk to Andrea and see like her perspective. So that's kind of what drove it. The fact that in our work environment, it was something very visible where I was her best friend and people just seeing me as a resource all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Did Was it almost like um, exhausting at first being like, oh my gosh, I'm a, I don't know if exhausting is the right word, but you were like, oh my gosh, I all of a sudden have to be the like the word for this person or or I have to be the, the resource like you just said. I guess the word you're looking for is overwhelming. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Just, you're welcome. You redeemed yourself from yes. that last answer. I don't think I ever felt overwhelmed, to be honest. I felt like I have this responsibility to this person to do this, and I felt good about doing it because at the end of the day, I wanted you to come into our workplace and not feel like you had to worry about people or their thoughts or like someone would say something wrong. Like I would rather have them run it by me and me give them some type of answer versus Mm -hmm. them running something by you and you becoming upset. Because when you were first transitioning, I know it was really difficult for you and you would become visibly upset when certain things would occur. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you said that because uh, like Shay and I kind of locked eyes for a second. It's it's very true. Like the second for us, at least, when when we come out, like people expect answers from us Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes we're not in necessarily a good place to answer those questions like whether it's emotionally or like mentally just because we're either we're learning about ourselves or we're starting to starting to learn all the terminology and like we're not the perfect community we don't all have every single answer and know the exact uh vocabulary or resources for things but we're almost expected to because they're like well if you are you know what you say you are then you have to prove it by answering all these questions here's my 50 page you know questionnaire that you need to answer Mm -hmm. otherwise i don't think that you're trans and i'm not gonna treat you the way that you want to be treated you know that that's like a real thing maybe it's a little bit embellished but that's sort of what happens you know yeah yeah it's hard when now I feel like I'm equipped to answer questions because I'm very secure in myself. But like first coming out, it was difficult. So it's nice that like Kira and I weren't friends. That like when I first we were like friendly, but we weren't like 
as close as we are now when I first came out. So, like, because you guys became close, like, when you first came out, too. Yeah, me and his yeah. sort of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, like, hung out maybe a few times before, but it wasn't until, like, we started talking more mm-hmm. that it, it started turning into something. Yeah. Having people, like, come to me when I was first coming out and, like, wanting me to, like, talk to them about my experience was, like, difficult because I was still figuring myself out, so... I can imagine also, like, you don't even have your own experience to talk on, and then people are coming to you guys as allies, and expecting answers is difficult. Mm-hmm. And must be, must be interesting, yeah. I think, uh, well, <laughs> the original question was about my own research, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you done any of your research, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think, I mean, as anything, I think most of my research just comes from having a conversation with someone. So I am excited to be able to become somewhat of a resource for others to seek that understanding because I think that's what we're meant to do is to to ask questions and have those conversations and just respect what that other person's life is and it's fascinating to learn about what someone else is going through if you haven't experienced it yourself so um it's it's just I think nice that I feel like I can be an advocate. Mm-hmm. Was there anything that like you may have heard from either of us or somebody else or something on TV or whatever, where you're like, I want to look this up because I don't know what this means. Did that ever happen to either of you? Like every day in life, but relating <laughs> to this. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think most of my questions happen with conversations with you guys. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. It was just one of those things where there were things on TV, sure, that I probably saw, but in my mind, it wasn't really something that I was experiencing. So I was like, I don't really have any questions at this point. Like, Mm -hmm. that's happening over there and I'm over here sort of mentality, which isn't the best. You know, we all learn to be more accepting as we go, but I wasn't, I don't think I was open to learning like I am now. And have I come to you with any questions that I was like, what's this? I can't really remember. I mean, there may have been like one or two that you've done like in the past, but it was sort of like, I mean, you know my personality. I'll, I will say something and then explain it right after the fact, whether you've heard it or not already. So I'm sure like if you didn't have someone as your like main source of resource being so like, obviously I'm I'm doing a podcast about this stuff. Like, I don't mind talking about it. You know, there's some people that aren't. So I'm sure there's a, a very different vibe for a lot of other allies out there where the only person that they can really speak to are somebody that don't necessarily want to speak about it because it was like a very traumatic part in their life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like, I know we're talking about like specifically our relationships in regards to our experiences as trans people. But I think what's nice about our relationships with like our friends that are we're talking to today are the fact that our relationships aren't built on us having these conversations about our genders. It's like they came up as parts of our relationship and that's just one part of our experience and our friendships. So it's not like our relationships are just us talking about these things. Like Mm -hmm. it's just the fact that we are trans people and like there are things in our lives that are impacted by that, but it's not like that's the only thing we're talking about. Yeah. Are there things that you do non-verbally to show that you're an ally? Like, when we talked about this podcast, um, Andrea brought up the fact that, Kira, you wear, like, um, a safety pin on your jacket at work. Um, And that's not, like, a trans thing specifically, but that's 
I think what mm-hmm. Andrea like came up with the question based on. Yeah. Is there anything else that like that you've done that's sort of like non-verbally like like it could have been like while people are talking about it or or whatever it would be, you know, or a good question to start off would be like when did you start doing that and what made you do that? Uh I started doing it um actually around our last presidential election. Mm. The safety pin is representative of being a safe place for everyone, a safe space, knowing that I you can come to me for anything and I will not broadcast it, but mm-hmm. I'm more than happy to have the most open conversation that that person wants about it. And it's for myself, I think I it's an everyday reminder to keep an open mind mm-hmm. and not to get jaded by the things that are happening in the world around us. So that's kind of how I, I came to start wearing it. Non-verbal things. That's <laughs> do tongue pops count as non-verbal? <laughs> I do those. Yeah, yeah, those are good. I don't think I I do anything non-verbal. I'm very verbal. That's very true. I'm very verbal. So I'm I'm the type of person like I through my words more than anything. That's how I represent myself as an ally. But I can't think of anything that I like wear or. Other than, like, being friends with people who happen to be transgender, Mm -hmm. maybe that's Mm -hmm. visibility. Yeah, Yeah, I think just existing, like, within proximity to us is is a way to... Not just being a friend, but also being an ally. Mm -hmm. Like, I think of whenever I go to, like, a doctor's office and they have, like, a flag up or, like, um, some of the doctor's offices I go to, they have lanyards and they have, like, rainbow pins on, on their lanyards or, like, wearing pronoun pins are nonverbal ways of being an ally yeah. and that makes you feel way more comfortable like when you step into a doctor's office and like they ask you your pronouns or something like or they they have their pronouns visible like mm-hmm. then you know they're an ally yeah a friend of mine um who is a white cis male and he texted me and i i, I don't talk to him as much as i used to um, we used to be much closer before he moved away and he texted me asking me is it pretentious if a like white cis male has their pronouns in a uh, like a signature in their email and he's like is that like okay like do you would you take offense to that and I honestly I was like absolutely not like I think that's great I think we should start normalizing using pronouns you know um because it's it's important to know and respect each other yeah 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 I'd love if like more people did things like that like putting their pronouns in their email signatures or like if you're in a workplace that allows you to put them on like your badge or something Mm -hmm. um because that just makes it not only makes trans people feel safer in that space but it also opens the topic of conversation if someone who is like what is what are the what is this she her thing on your shirt like what does that mean Mm -hmm. so yeah i remember when i first started coming out like they would misgender me and i would say like my pronouns are she her and they would look at me like, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, do you know what the word pronouns are? Like, do you know what a pronoun is? You know? Right. <laughs> um, and a lot of people don't really know that's a thing, that you can have different pronouns from what a doctor told you you had to have when you were little. But, yeah. I'm also a huge promoter of the Pride Edition watch band. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. will sport that any day. It is fire, yeah. and I love what it represents. <laughs> Did you see the new Converse? That they just came out. So they just came out with their Pride Converse, but you can change all... Because you know how you can, like, customize them? You can actually change them to be, like, all trans flag colors. Ooh. Yeah, that's, like, the first year they're doing this now. I don't know if there's any problematic stuff with that. There might be. Yeah. There's a... a, Yeah, I mean, corporate, yeah. Yeah. But 
Like, I still think it's cool, you know, the fact that we can have that exposure. Yeah. I have a pair of Pride Adidas Ultra Boost. That's Adidas. Mm. Ting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She wings there. That was a ting. Yeah. This is not sponsored, by the way. But if you want to sponsor us. There's things that I do now that I pass as a, probably as a cis male to people that don't know that I'm trans. So, like, I have, like, pronoun pins on my backpack and Mm -hmm. I... That's a nonverbal thing I do now. Yeah. Like today, I'm wearing a friendship bracelet that has trans colors. So yeah, like stuff yeah. like that, like little things. Yeah, like I yeah. have those like little rubber bracelets that I got at Pride that will either be like rainbow colored or trans colored, and I'll just wear them and I'll just be kind of like a casual thing. I won't bring mm-hmm. them up, but people will see that and yep. they can either ask or they'll like kind of secretly like somebody that also is of trans experience will be able to look at it and be like, oh, this person is like you know part of the community mm-hmm. you know or, or supportive of it supportive yeah. of it exactly yeah all right so for you guys i have a question now what is the difference between giving someone a voice and speaking over them well i speak over people all the time yeah um so you should probably answer the question so first. i should answer first because yeah. i'm just gonna speak over whatever kira has to say yeah um <laughs> that's a tough one i feel like Giving them a voice is listening to what they want and their needs versus what you perceive their needs to be. Mm-hmm. So even if you're speaking out and you're in the right, let's say, as far as like your morals and everything, if that's not what that person wants expressed or broadcasted, you're actually in the wrong. You're speaking over them for the sake of coming off as like this great ally versus actually being an ally and like being a resource for that person who needs you. Mm. I think that might be something <clears throat> I'm like hypersensitive to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of instances where I wind up texting Shane mm-hmm. something that I overheard or an interaction that we were in together where my ear and my head kind of just turned. And knowing like, I always ask first if it's okay, if, like for certain things for me to be able to approach mm-hmm. that person and just align with them and say like, hey, listen, I heard this, I saw this, this happened, let's just talk about it for a second. Um, and then taking it from there. Like, I, I feel like I I ask not permission in a way, but like, I just, I always want to make sure that I'm not speaking for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good rule of thumb is to defer to the person that is in the experience rather than you just taking over and like doing what you think maybe they would want you to do but you don't actually know so like I because like I think the situation that you're talking about is I was misgendered at work by a co-worker a few weeks ago and Kira texted me first asking if it was okay for like her to speak to him about that situation which I of course like was appreciative of because in my case, like, if you had just gone ahead and done it without asking me, I would have been fine with it. But, like, other people, um, especially if, like, you don't know as who they're out to and who they're not out to, if you, like, corrected someone on their pronouns, that might be actually you're outing them. So. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, sometimes, like, I remember when I first came out, like, when I first, first started telling people, I would say to them, like, don't use pronouns that I, that I want, you know, uh, or that I use in public yet because I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want people to know that I am trans right now because mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable with it. And it wasn't until later on, like it's those little things. But yeah, like you even had that conversation with me the other day, Shane, like there was a, 
old um, coworker of mine that came in mm-hmm. and like, you know, was like, hey man, how's it going to me? I wasn't really cool with it because they kept saying it over and over again. Like if it's just a one-time thing, like whatever, like, sup man, like whatever. But it was sort of weird when they were addressing me specifically and then I, I haven't said anything. But Shane's like, if it happens again, like I could say something for you. I'm like, that would be helpful because sometimes we kind of pick our battles because we're not sure like mm. when, not that we're not sure, but we just, it's easier to just be quiet because you just don't want to deal with all that stuff, you know? Like, it's just like, uh, like, whatever. Like, I don't really care that much about that person. But in truthful, like, it still hurts me, so. Yeah, it's also can be shocking in the moment when it happens to you. Like, mm-hmm. if someone were, it hasn't happened in front of me, but if someone were to, like, misgender Andrea in front of me, I would, like, jump on it and be like, what? But yeah. when someone misgenders me, I'm like, it's just, like, shocking, especially now when I usually pass, like, the majority of the time. That's why it's helpful to have people around you who will react like for you sometimes or like at least ask in the after the moment has passed like what they could have done in that moment. So yeah. I would also imagine it to be exhausting having to defend who you are and live by every day. Yeah. And it's not something that everyone <laughs> has sigh. to do. Yeah, to put it lightly, <laughs> so, exhausting. Yeah. It's <laughs> unnecessary. Yes, yeah. that's that's a big mood. <laughs> Definitely. What are some things that you've heard other people say that or do that made you cringe i think i've gotten like before from some people at work why are trans people so like defensive or aggressive when i misgender them and i'm like because you're hurting them like you're hurting them i'm like i'm like not all of them are defensive first of all that's Mm -hmm. a terrible generalization but those who are are coming from a place of hurt and you need to understand that that that's why they're like that or that's why that person is reacting in that way in that particular Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that like, just because you misgendered them that one time doesn't mean that they haven't been misgendered that whole entire day, Yeah. you know? Like for me, like I remember the only times that I have ever actually got really upset, especially at work, was like after like the eighth time. And I was just like barely hanging on to a thread. And I was like, okay, like I just, I need to take a break for a second. And then like, as I'm walking, someone would like sir me. And then all of a sudden, like just uncontrollable tears. And I'm like, what is mm-hmm. happening? Like, I don't, and then you kind of feel bad because you're like, I shouldn't let this affect me so much. Why, why is this hurting so much? So then it makes it worse. Cause it's like this never ending, you know, it's sort of like yeah. when you feel bad, but then you feel bad for feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I violently cringe. I still hear people whisper sometimes, uh, what are they? And oh. that, like, I, I think it comes from, it, I mean, the intolerance is ridiculous, but it's also just, again, like, no one should have to explain how they express themselves or how they want to identify. It's no one else's business other than their own. And what does it matter? What does it matter to you? Who they are, how they mm-hmm. adapt? Why? Yeah, people are yeah. so curious, Why? and it's like I I get it because like people like to put people in categories, but on the other hand, it's like if you can't tell, like it's none of your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Some, true. Something that I've been actively working towards is reminding myself that it's not okay to combat intolerance with intolerance, mm-hmm. and I, I've learned that <laughs> I'm getting more intolerant towards mm-hmm. people that try to fit others in boxes 
Yeah. And I try to do a lot of self-reflection and find better ways to approach mm -hmm. those interactions. Yeah. Just so you guys know, I would have never guessed you'd be allies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have never guessed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I can I ask why? Like how <laughs> I'm so curious. <laughs> no, so that's like a common phrase that like a lot of people cringe at is like like Shane, by the way, I would have never guessed that you're trans. Mm -hmm. Welcome yeah. to uh, being a woman. Oh, thanks. That's that's a good one. Yeah, that's a very that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I love that one. I love that one. Yeah. It's like I've always been. Thanks. You know. Yeah. Okay, so we already answered like how you correct people. So I'm gonna go on to the next one. How has being an ally changed other aspects in your life? I know you kind of touched on it a little bit already, Kira, because you were saying that like self-reflection is a thing that you do often yeah. now uh yeah i mean we're we're all in this like really funny weird journey called life and i think <laughs> What's that, that right like, i'm dead we're yeah. all just floating in limbo right like Why is not? what's happening um, no, no, <laughs> so yeah i think there's nothing better than self-reflection uh, and uh yeah, that's it's honestly it's as simple as that mm -hmm. i think that's i don't know if it's necessarily like changed the way I actively operate other than being more vocal mm -hmm. in certain instances but yeah. Yeah. I think that for me since we're talking about me now yeah we are <laughs> that it's just kind of opened up my viewpoint on people in general and being more accepting of people and however they express themselves or identify in general and I've also found it really like sort of rewarding or nice when someone who like I've had people who are transitioning come up to me and like tell me like I'm getting my top surgery tomorrow and I'm so excited and I love being that person they come to because I am legitimately like oh my god I'm so excited for you too this is amazing because I know sometimes you just want someone who's gonna kind of understand you and like mm -hmm. match your energy level mm -hmm. so I've also found it really rewarding being able to be that person mm -hmm. yeah that's so nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you your money later thank you <laughs> <laughs> well no, I just before we go yeah, on the next yeah. question just because um like I've had times where like Mariah and Kira both have asked me like if I'm excited for like certain like milestones that I had coming up and like that's really nice because I don't usually bring it up because it's something one that's very personal to me but also like I know people can't really relate to it so it's nice to be like asked that question so I don't feel like I'm forcing the forcing your hand by like bringing it up and, like forcing you in a conversation mm -hmm. yeah so. I'm the complete opposite I will force you into the conversation yeah. 100% yeah. all mm -hmm. the time mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the next question we have is how do you think children should be exposed to LGBTQ people like, as someone growing up, maybe not having exposure to it mm -hmm. and not being of that experience. Yeah. Looking at the question, I feel like it should be how and when. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, it's a conversation I've been having with uh, my mom recently oh. is, you know, the older you get, of course, you think about children, whether you want them or not. Um, oh, and I <laughs> would <laughs> or not. I was thinking of the idea of gender reveal parties mm. and not really understanding 
why they exist. Because what's it matter? You're getting a baby. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <sighs> yeah, like having a either something like that tells you it's a girl or a boy. It's like, okay. Yeah. Is one better than the other? Yeah. It shouldn't be. Right. It's like, yeah. are you getting a human? Like, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's You're not popping out an be. alien, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be more excited for an alien review. That'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, is yeah. it a human or yeah. alien? Yeah, yeah. Right. is it something different? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, also people argue, like, you sh- kids shouldn't be exposed to, like, gay people or trans people because it's going to make them gay or trans which is like mm-hmm. so like that doesn't make it w- them worse for the one yeah. point and yeah. then also like growing up i was only exposed to straight cis people and i'm a queer trans person so obviously <laughs> that didn't like i wasn't straight because i was exposed to straight people yeah, yeah. it's a huge misconception yeah. thinking that being exposed to something is going to turn you into something yeah. else like yeah. you're born who you are and you're going to come into that eventually mm-hmm. Yeah, like, if you think about it, like, in history class, we talk about, like, these terrible things, like, Nazis and things like that. We're exposed to them. We're not turning into them. I mean, there are some. Some people are. Sure, but that's different. I feel like, I don't even think they would be paying attention to history class to begin with. Because they're still trying to make America great again. Right. You know. But speaking of history class, it'd be cool to have, like, queer history in classes. Like, that would be cool and sort of, like, this is just something we're learning because this is something that happened and is normal and it is like that would be one way to educate children is like yeah okay like stonewall took place at this time Mm -hmm. in america because that's a huge event and then teaching about like marriage equality and that bill that passed very recently so putting queer history alongside it i will say this when my sister met andrea for the first time Mm -hmm. andrea went to the bathroom and my sister turned around and said what what are their pronouns and i'm like how the hell does this girl like yeah. know this i told andrea when she came out your like, sister's younger right? yeah, yeah she's um she's much younger than me yeah she was probably 17 at the time and i was just like amazed or kind of like taken aback that like this is kind of becoming more of a regular dialogue because it's just mm-hmm. something i would have never heard talked about or said when I was her age. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because the the first person I came out to actually was my younger sister and she's five years younger than I am. Um, so she's 19. Um, and I came out to her three years ago. So she was, wow, she was 16. <laughs> and she was like, cool with it. She was like, yeah, I know what that is. I know what trans is. Like, yeah. I know, I know about gender stuff. And I was like, this is because like, my brother was like, and we're, my brother and I are the same age. Um, and he was, like, cool with it, but he was also, like, not anything in his orbit. Yeah, and, like, coming out to my mom and my grandma and, like, older people is just so different than coming out to people who are younger. Yeah. Um, and then to go back to something Mariah said, New Jersey actually just this year mandated that um, schools are required to teach LGBT history. Mm-hmm. That's um, great. And we're the That's second amazing. state to require that. Yeah. So I was wow. super excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it comes from the fact that we live in a much more, like, technology like age mm-hmm. where we have internet and all that kind of stuff because like when we first grew up like all of us are around the same age when we were super little we didn't have the internet you know there were 
points in our lives where like teachers would say like do you have the internet at home do you have mm-hmm. a computer do you have a printer at home yes. you know like that was a question yeah. right you know now it's like no like you get the second you fail your teacher your, your parent already gets like an email saying that you failed like that second that's terrifying to me by the way but anyway um, you start vomiting like, <laughs> right get a letter in the mail just get home right. before your parents right yeah. exactly yeah, yeah you burn the letter card. beforehand yeah. my brother would just hide his report cards I think yeah <laughs> it must have never came oh yeah. no Wait out the answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so, like, all of these these kids, they just can go to the internet. Mm-hmm. So they're getting a lot of knowledge, yeah. like, right away. Like, I remember there was a documentary I was watching where it was, like, this little trans girl. And she just had her iPad and she was playing her, like, you know, little games, listen to Baby Shark or whatever. And then she just went on, like, Google and typed in, like, I feel like a girl. And then, bam, it all popped up. And I was like... Oh my God, mm. if I had that when I was little, right. it would have changed my whole entire life. I didn't know the yeah. word transgender even existed until I was like 20 something. You know, but like on top of all of that, I feel like it's important that we do have some type of structure to it, you know, where mm. I think like if you guys all remember, like going back to like sex ed, like we learned nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like I just remember my science teacher talking to me about like how an orgasm worked in anatomy class. That was pretty much the most, I know it was kind of weird. Um, I didn't have that talk. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. that was my takeaway, yeah. right? It was so weird. It was like that wasn't a part of the curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> he was just off script. Yeah, right. But he was just like, Rogue. it's a build up into a final release, and I'm just like, I'm uncomfortable. And I was like a senior in high school, but I was still uncomfortable, you know. Right. Um, and then I just remember sex ed was like my gym teacher talking about how his wife just recently got a C-section. He's like, I don't know if you know what a C-section is, but what it is is they just pull out all your organs and put them on a table and then pop the baby out. I'm like, well, that's, that's not helping that's me. That's so appealing. <laughs> that's not helping me that's at all. That's just an old guy having a weird conversation. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I had a very weird school, apparently. Yeah. No, I mean, the gym teacher, like, you can't have gym teachers yeah. teach help. Uh, teach health education all of my gym teachers taught health oh well education. same i think that's just how it was yeah, yeah. That's they how don't it have is. because they don't have the budget to actually have people who yeah. are educated i mean i'm sure gym teachers receive some sort of education but it's not comprehensive yeah i mean um, also like nothing I, against I a gym you... teacher if you are a gym teacher we love you and thank you but most of them <laughs> they can find the resources are, though yeah they're like, passionate yeah. they can find the fine yeah fine yeah fine. oh they could yeah yeah but i it's actually just a matter of allocating it i recently emailed my the high school that I graduated from, the the teacher that runs the, um, I don't they don't call it an LGBT group, they call it like a GSM group, mm-hmm. um, like gay and sexual minority group. Mm. And I asked, I was like, is there any like sensitivity training for the teachers and the staff at the school helping make the school a better place for LGBT kids? Because when I was in high school, it was a bad place for oh, for yeah. being a queer kid. Like people were just saying like slurs and calling each other gay and as like a a joke and like that was a bad thing. And, like, the response I got was no. Mm-hmm. And that his... And then I was like... And also, has anyone ever talked to the club about trans issues? Because my there were no trans... out At least out trans kids in my high school. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one that was there when my sister was there, five years after me. And she said he, that he was treated really badly. Yeah. Um, and the response I got from the teacher was, oh, yeah, no one has talked to the club about transsexuality. And I was like, that's not even, like, a term. We don't call people transsexuals anymore. Like, if yeah. someone wants to refer to themselves as a, as a transsexual, then that's okay. Um, if that's how they what personally identify. Exactly? 
It's it's an older term. Like yeah. People, we, we don't call trans people transsexual. It's transgender now. Yeah, because the um, idea behind it is that, like, there's, like, sex and gender are two different things. Mm-hmm. Right. So being a transsexual, they kind of make it like, oh, that's your sexuality, which is different, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's also, like, referring to, like, biology as, like, the end-all be-all, which is mm-hmm. not how it is. Like, biology is very, is more, like, fluid than people generally think it is. Uh, but just the fact that in 2019, I'm emailing the head of the LGBT club at my old high school, and he's referring to it as transsexuality is not an encouraging thing. So, like, yeah, when there's it, so there's know. a like a lead up to having to first exposing kids to LGBT information and then also doing it in like a, the correct or like a way that's actually beneficial because you can expose yeah. kids to to queerness, but it might not be the right way. So, you're not even like Unless you're doing it in a way that, like, is positive and also has the correct information, then mm-hmm. you might as well, like, not even do it if it's yeah. damaging. It's true. Because when I was exposed to... The only way I was exposed to, like, gay people in high school was during sex ed when we were talking about HIV and AIDS. And then mm. it was just in a negative light. So I was like, yeah. well, being gay is bad because Yikes. you're going to get a disease. Yeah. Like, no, it's not bad. It's great to be gay. Yeah. And... You're, and then you're proliferating stigma against people with HIV, which is just a terrible thing. And yeah. still in society, people are still, like, even, like, medical professionals, if they're not well-educated, are still, like, terrified of, like, coming in contact and treating people with HIV and AIDS, which is just terrible. Yeah. So I have one last question for you. Dun, dun, dun. The final one. Uh, so what does your perfect world look like? <laughs> I wish we could all go back to middle school and we make one giant cake together. (laughs) Middle school was the worst. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Let's all live in Dante's Inferno. (laughs) I want everyone to live by the code of, which is actually my man, Abe Lincoln. Uh, Whatever you are, be a good one. Hmm. Like that, plain and simple, like... Live your best life, help others grow around you, educate, and just love. Mm. Aww, can we all nice. just be friends? Can we all just be friends? <laughs> I just have a lot of emotion. Re- retweet, but I'm not going to be friends with Andrea. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I the... would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. let everybody live their best life. And at the end of the day, their choices in life aren't going to affect you. So just let your own stigmas and biases go. Just be accepting of people and help those in need. Mm -hmm. That'd be a perfect world. Also, ask questions, don't gossip. Mm. I like like that. that. That's good. I like gossip. Gossip comes from misunderstandings and just... It's true. Spreading yeah. negativity. Yeah, and what you said like resonates so strongly with me, especially like at this point in my life where I'm secure in myself and like I'm in a good place that I feel like I really want to do the work to like help improve other people's lives. But you can't do that if you have a negative attitude. And mm-hmm. you can't do that if you're like assuming the worst out of people. So and of course I'm guilty of that, but I'm actively trying to be self aware of when that is happening. So Yeah. Yeah. I actually do have one last question. I'm sorry. I lied to you both. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. Yeah. Deceived. Yeah, that's, this whole entire podcast was just to deceive both of you. I knew so, it. I so, trust it. it. Um, 
Do either of you have any questions for us at all that you can think of? It could be anything. I'm sure that you have the answers to questions I haven't even asked yet, because that's just your personality. <laughs> wow, thanks. Uh, I don't think I do, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, would you... I guess I have my questions for Shane. Like, you seem very passionate about the school side of things. Like, is that something that you would want to do? Like, create some kind of program and, like, go into schools and talk about your experiences? Oh, yeah. I would love to do that. Not to speak... Because I think there's a problem where when someone sees a trans person, they expect them to, like, we've already mentioned this, know all the answers or speak on behalf of all trans people. So I wouldn't want to necessarily share my story, but I would want to talk about how important it is to, like, ask pronouns and state your own pronouns and, um, like, how to, to handle, like, a kid coming out in school. Because I didn't even realize I was trans when I was in school, but if I had, I don't even think I would have been able to come out. Because I, I came out in college, but college is different than, like, high school because you're, mm-hmm. you don't have the same, like, teachers the whole year and, like, you don't see the same people all the time. Uh, but it's, like, so scary still for kids to come out when they're in school and they're still so bullied. And, like, like look at, like, these... About how, like, the government is even against kids in school and, like, being able to use even the right bathroom and things like that. So, yeah. you know, that's not, like, my main career goal, but I'm trying to, to go back to... And not that... You know, I just want to help my old high school, but I do sort of feel like a responsibility to go back because I know how bad it was for me um, and not even ha- knowing that I was queer, but just knowing how bad it was to even like talk about queerness in high school. If I if they give me the opportunity to like go back and talk to that club, like I would totally do it. Hmm. I would ask if there's since you guys know us really well, like if there's anything else that we can do to help you guys that we can just like something we can incorporate into our daily lives just to help be a little bit more of an ally or the best practices for anyone whether you know someone within the community or not to be able to carry forward i will say this doesn't go for every single ally but i will say that um i would encourage both of you to speak up ziggy almost fell yeah off the couch my cat almost fell off the couch um, but, like, I would encourage both of you to, like, you could speak up more on our behalf. Like, you know, like, both of you get it. Like, you totally yeah, you get do. it, you, you yeah. know? Like, and you're both very respectful when it comes to this stuff. And, you know, have, you can have a little bit more confidence in talking on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Like, I give you permission, you know, on our behalf. Mm-hmm. I'm saying us too. Like, there might be, <laughs> there might be, um... Like other people that obviously feel different ways and that's why the trans experience isn't just one experience that everybody shares it's it's a different experience for everybody but if somebody says something that you know that it's something i wouldn't like i you can even say like hey like this is what happened this is what i said is that okay mm-hmm. instead of saying hey next time should i say something yeah you like, know? just do it. Like, cool. you guys get it. Take like, action. I co-sign that. Yeah. 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 Yes. Exactly. My new phrase. <laughs> I co-sign that. My awesome. new phrase from you is retweet. Retweet. <laughs> retweet. Yeah. No, but I totally am on the same page with Andrea. Like, you guys, like, get it. And, like, usually, like, even if I'm, I know, like, there's a cis person that is on my side and is, like, cool with me, I wouldn't necessarily, like, say it's okay for them to speak up on my behalf. But, like, I would totally trust you both to do that. 
Mm. I got a seal of approval, so yeah. Good, no. Yeah, well, I stamp. I <laughs> give you like, guys a gold me. star. <laughs> yeah, but it can also be revoked. Yeah, Just remember oh, that. Yeah. It's wow. a very yeah. It's it's not one of those. It's like, tenuous. Exactly. Yeah. Trial period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. It's no, not you trial. passed the trial period. <laughs> yeah, okay, you passed yeah. the trial period. Just with the knowledge that you could be fired. From your ally status. <laughs> exactly. Wow, yeah. Job you. security. <laughs> we, just remember that we define your ally status. Yes, 100%. only you. That's yes. it. It's yeah. only Shane Only because I'm yeah. friends with you yeah. guys. We yeah. asked you both to be on this podcast because we granted you the status of ally. You can't You exactly. can't say that you're an ally. Yeah, you you're going to be, be getting a pin now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, come I in love the pins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do I get like a varsity jacket? With like a maybe yeah. like a T on the yeah. back. It'll say it'll say um yeah, it'll say T A on the back. Ooh. Trans ally. Yeah. But then it'll say like underneath, like for only Shane and Andrea. Nobody right. else. Yeah. You know. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. pay by the letter? Um, not anymore. No. Okay. Yeah, thankfully. It would deal with uh, that. It's it's not gonna be like a great varsity jacket, like it'll sort of just be like like I just drew it on it's gonna be my old varsity jacket with all the band stuff ripped off yeah exactly well anyway thank you guys for for joining thank you yeah, for just good. to be here you're welcome really <laughs> yeah thank you for listening yeah and, thank you um, if anybody does have any questions or anything like that please let us know on social media and stay tuned for our next episode, which we're not sure what the topic will be. Where can they find you on social media? Um, what comes next? At what comes next on Instagram or? Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little bit different on each, but if you go to our like Facebook, oh, or are yeah. you listening to this, all the links will be below. Great. Yeah, we'll put the links. Below. Yeah, we'll put. Just look at the links. In, this in was the an show Instagram notes. post. We'd be pointing. We're all down. pointing down yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm not. Exactly. Mariah's not. <laughs> but the rest of us are. Okay, bye. 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 bye.